Chapter 10 Then after her mum left, Kay slipped back into Pat's bed and cuddled her tiny daughter. Mary stretched a little, opened her eyes and smiled and went straight back to sleep. Noticing the time, Kay quickly woke Pat. You should be up, you'll be late. Pat jumped out of Kay's bed and straight to the sink for her wash. She just dressed wearing yesterday's clothes, something Pat would never do. Swallowed a quick cup of tea and as she headed out the door, she turned for a moment and said to Kay, Mam wants to talk to us tonight. And don't I know it, thought Kay. Kay couldn't take her eyes off Mary, who was still sleeping soundly. Thank God you found me and that you're not frightened any more. There is so much I want to know, but I know I shouldn't ask, said Kay to herself. How am I going to get you home, little one? How am I going to explain it to the police? Don't worry, Mary, I'll think of something. Thank God I was in Ireland and not elsewhere when you arrived. Mary was now washed and dressed and ready for her day out with her mother. They were going to the police station and back to collect the medal. It was a lovely day and they were going to walk there and get the bus back. Kay reminded herself to slow down. Mary, sometimes I walk very fast, so make sure you tell me to slow down. I don't want you running all the way to town. You never ran fast when you had brown hair, said Mary. Kay had a surprised look on her face as she looked down at her daughter. They were now heading into the police station. Mary, sit on this bench while I go and talk to the policeman. Mary did as she was told, sitting, swinging her legs, making a shadow dance on the floor as her legs are catching the light of the sun through the window. What can I do for you two beautiful young ladies? That's Mary. There has been a mix-up. We thought Mary was lost. It turns out she's the daughter of a distant cousin who had fallen on hard times. She knew we would take care of Mary for a while. She's been in touch and she's broken-hearted without Mary and so sorry she forgot to leave the note with Mary. Kay took a note out of her handbag and handed it to the policeman. I have been away with the war. I'm on leave at the moment, so I had no idea who she was. Mam knew of her, but had never seen her. She'll be staying with us for a little while longer, while her mam gets is getting back on her feet. So sorry to have caused all this fuss. Ah, it's good to hear a happy ending. I'll put this letter on file. Best to look when you head back. The policeman walked over to where Mary was sitting, bent down to Mary and said, You'll be home soon. Mary leaned over to hide behind her mum's skirt. Back out on the street, they headed to Grafton Street and into the jewellers. Adam and his mam were now smiling at Kay and Mary. This young lady is Mary, mam, Adam said. His mam bent down and began to speak to Mary. We have been working on something very special for you. Taking Mary by the hand, then lifting Mary up onto a tall stool so she could see into the glass case. 
Mary's eyes lit up as she saw the rings of many colours in the glass case. Hopefully when you grow up you'll have a lot of these, said Kay. Adam had headed into the back and was now returning with Mary's order. He said, Look, I have made it so it will go around her wrist twice, so it, she will be able to wear it as an adult as well. I know you ordered silver, but we have made it in gold as a thank-you gift. I looked into the metal-making and we got a second-hand press with all the dyes you could need. Thank you for the idea. We put an advertisement in the evening paper and we have been taking orders ever since. Not bad for a week's work. Word of mouth seems to be doing the work for us. God is good, said Mrs. Cone. Adam, you stay here. We ladies are going up for some tea upstairs. We have cherry buns. Kay had never been upstairs before. The room was nice and bright, very simple, and the table was set for four. My cousin Anna will join us if you don't mind, said Mrs. Cone. That'll be lovely, said Kay. Just then, a lady arrived with a silver teapot in her hand. I'm Anna. I have heard so much about you, Kay. My husband and I are also living here now. She put the teapot on the table. Mrs. Cone brought the cherry buns on a lovely china plate. It was white with a gold rim. A young lady swinging on a swing with a long flowing pink dress and a pink ribbon in her hair. Mary liked it almost as much as the cherry bun. Mary is skipping up the street with her new bracelet on her wrist. They are heading into St. Stephen's Green, where Mary loves to swing on the swing. Look, Mammy, I'm like the girl on the plate. Kay smiled, drinking in every moment of her future, for she knew in her heart that Mary had travelled. It was a mixture of sadness and joy. She knew her Mary was in trouble. She was glad Mary was here. Now she's worrying how and when would Mary return to the 1960s. At least I know I survived the war, thought Kay. But now, at the bus stop, Mary minding a bag of cherry buns they had bought on the way down after Grafton Street, Everyone would get one with their tea. Mary giggled at the thought she would have eaten two today. Mary was peacefully sleeping in her mam's bed. The three women had cleared up after dinner, only to fill the kettle again before sitting down to talk. Mrs Broderick began to speak. I never thought I would be having this conversation. Where to start? Your great-grandmother was Portuguese. She was Jewish. Her family had to leave Portugal. 
they ended up living in Morocco in Africa. No matter where they tried to settle in mainland Europe, the trouble seemed to follow them. As you know, your great-grandfather was in the British Army serving in Africa. He fell in love. When the war was over, he had to head home without her. They wrote to each other. Your great-grandfather worked hard and saved every penny to pay for her ticket. Finally, she was in Ireland. At that time, the family lived in a small village called Kilpather in County Wicklow. Kay, that's where yourself and Rachel get your tanned skin. They listened into the small hours of the night. They would be tired in the morning. Thank God it was Sunday tomorrow. They could have a lie-in. Mrs Broderick took a long drink from yet another cup of tea before continuing to speak. My grandmother's family, the Vices, saw and experienced things no one should ever have to. They lost many members of their family through hatred of the Jews. It was during these hard times that my grandmother first travelled. She was heading home from work one evening when she was taken by some Portuguese soldiers. They left her for dead in a ditch. A young boy had been hiding nearby and saw everything. When the coast was clear, he went for help. His family were not Jewish, but were God-loving people who took her in and hid her while she healed. The young boy went to her family and told her what had told them what had happened to my grandmother, that she was safe but needed to heal. That night the family decided it was time to find a safe place to live as soon as they had Rachel back. It would not be Spain, it was just as bad. So, after many months of planning, the family started their long journey. Kay, you know Mary's in some kind of bad trouble. Yes, I think she's in hospital somewhere in the future. Calculating my age now, and I'm sure she's from the late 50s, early 60s, which means I make it through the war. Pat spoke for the first time. How is this going to work? How will we get her back to our right time? They all stared into space for a long time. How did you get back, Kay? Pat broke the silence. I don't really know. I felt like I was swimming and getting nowhere. I heard what sounded like a goose farm. I know I had to get to the no I knew I had to get to the noise. I made a big effort and broke through. Such a tiny scrap of a thing. Why can't we keep her? asked Pat. I don't think we have any say in the matter, said Mrs. Broderick. All getting up from the table, they went behind the dividing curtain 
just to look at Mary. Kay stays in bed this morning as her mam and Pat are getting ready for work. Before leaving, Pat hands Kay a sugary tea. We will make plans tonight, said Pat, handing over the tea. Mary is still sleeping soundly. I hope you're not in a lot of pain, little one. You are so tiny to be dealing with all this, said Kay. She thought long and hard about the situation. Why are you not inside me like I was inside my dad? What is different? Then it hit Kay. I am not needing help. I'm not in any trouble. Grandma Rachel, if you can help, please help. Just then Mary stretched and opened her eyes and smiled up at Kay. We will make a boiled egg and some toast. Then you will have a nice bath. Would you like that, Mary? Mary nodded yes as she got out of the bed and they headed into the wooden table. Can we use forks? asked Mary. Of course, said Kay, reaching up for the forks hanging above the fireplace and taking them down. These are great forks, ma'am, said Mary. What are the forks like at home? asked Kay. Mary looked puzzled for a moment. They don't have long handles, you know that, ma'am. Kay takes a deep breath before saying, There is something I have to talk to you about, Mary. You won't understand it now, but some day you will. Mary looked up at Kay and spoke. Am I in one of my special dreams again, ma'am? Is that why you look different? Kay nodded, not really knowing how to answer. Mary continued to talk. You told me I might wake up some day and you would look different and that things would seem strange. When everybody understood, I was to give my granny a big, big hug. Kay turned away, her eyes filling with tears. It's okay, ma'am. It's not the first time I have travelled, said Mary. But you're so small, gasped Kay. I have been sick a lot, said Mary. You always say our travels are our special gift from God. Kay picked Mary up onto her lap. They smiled at each other. Did I do good, ma'am? asked Mary. So I do remember, thought Kay. Yes, you did very good, smiled Kay. Kay took the egg, filled a small pot with water and placed it on their gas ring to boil. Cutting her ma'am's homemade bread, she handed a piece to Mary to put on her fork. Kay could see that Mary was used to doing this. Do we still do this? Mary nodded yes. What else is the same? You said I mustn't say much about things. It might not be good, said Mary. I have to tell you that it's all okay. Kay smiled through her tears as Mary continued to toast her bread. Mary is enjoying bathing. Uh, 
A new closeness has formed, taken hold of Kay's heart. Her child is so small and thin. It is hard to believe her age, yet in so many other ways she's so strong. She's just like a little living doll. The water is getting cold, so Kay lifts Mary out and wraps her in a warm towel. She dresses Mary in front of the fire. Where else have you travelled? Is it okay to ask? said Kay. I can only talk about the past. I jumped inside my other grandmother when we were both children. I went to visit a monk in a round tower. He had to teach me some things, said Mary. He said, I will learn to live my life without fear. He said it is the best way to live life. Mary is dressed and sitting, drawing at the table. Kay's mind is racing as she is sitting, drinking another cup of tea. Thank God she seems to be so at peace in her own space. I know we will have a hard journey next time we meet. You are a tiny little fighter. What a wonderful gift you are.